This is an AMI podcast. I actually noticed that I was having some changes to my vision, we'll call it, um, uh, while, while filming this. It was an extremely hot day, and I noticed little floaties in my vision. And then I saw flashing, which is like lightning bolts and a very pretty blue. And then I really panicked. My fear was losing my vision entirely. It was going blind. A thump to the head or just a little uh, detached retina. It's, it, that, that could be it. Dan Berger-Berger, breaking character. Take seven. When I was seven years old, I was at school and um, I was sitting in the grass next to a sand pit. A friend of mine was running past me and accidentally kicked me in the back of the head. It took a few days for me to realize something was wrong. I was seeing flashes and lightning bolts and spider webs and my little weird seven-year-old brain thought, oh, that's like in you know the cartoons when somebody gets hit in the head, they see stars and things. And so I thought, oh yeah, that makes sense. I told my mom, we went to the hospital, and my retina was in the process of detaching and quite rapidly. I had a few surgeries, and they unfortunately didn't really take. I'm totally blind in my left eye because of that. My experience with Faye and Fluffy definitely uh, did reinforce my my wish to kind of go into hosting. I love having conversations with people and like learning and making friendships and all of that. So having a podcast would be basically an opportunity for me to begin creating and networking and actually talk about the real stuff with people and that fulfills me. Today I'm meeting with podcaster Andrew Garza to talk about my own process in starting up my own podcast and also I'm going to be a guest on his show. Disability After Dark was a pretty well-known podcast and I know it's a really great start for wherever I want to end up going with this. Hi Andrew, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Ty, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. My name is Andrew Garza, I'm a disability awareness consultant. I am somebody who lives with cerebral palsy and I'm a power wheelchair user. Could you tell me a little bit about your podcast and your listeners and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I started Disability After Dark in September of 2016. We have over 350 episodes, 400,000 downloads wow. in the last five years. That's pretty, that's I mean, a lot. And I just won a 2021 Canadian Podcast Award for the show, so it's... That's amazing. It's really, really cool. So what do you usually talk about on your show? My podcast started out as a sexuality podcast, mm-hmm. specifically to talk about sex and disability, and now... I reached this place where I want to talk about different things. So I do accessible housing on the show. I've talked about legal stuff around disability on the show. Just really any, any stories around disability that anybody wants to share, mm. I like to highlight because I don't think we hear about that enough. This was the first time that I've actually been a guest on a podcast. Andrew is super nice and great person to just kind of have a conversation with. He's amazing at what he does. So I think that's going to be super fun. All right, let's do it. My goal was to go to the Olympics. I wanted to be a highly competitive athlete. So once track and field ended up sort of finding me, I chose to take it as seriously as I could. Local track meet, 
provincial track meet, even national track meet was all pieces towards the big puzzle. I wanted to be on the podium. I wanted to be the first Canadian field jumper to like do something significant. So Roger, when I first started training with you, I remember trying long jump, but I don't think either of us thought it was going to be like the event for me until it suddenly was. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of times where you were out jumping most of my university guys. My name is Roger Slomke. I'm the St. Patrick High School uh, Phys Ed department head. Uh, I coached Rachel in long jump, triple jump, and, and high jump. You know, you made the Youth Olympics, and I kind of saw that as a stepping stone for you, you know, eventually being, you know, the first Olympian I ever coached. My proudest accomplishment in sports is going to the Youth Olympics. I did not train at the bougie private clubs. I was with Roger on this track when it was a dirt track making it happen. And it feels like we did the impossible together. Apparently we did something right. Yeah. <laughs> by fluke. But well, hey, like, yeah, by fluke, but I also placed in the top 10 yeah. in the world. That was also the first time that I kind of thought that I could be a high performance athlete, but the other part of me knew that it was so effortful and not the training ways. It was just effortful to like stay baseline healthy. Right. Compared to the other track athletes that Roger coached, my training regime was incredibly light because I was injury prone. I knew I had to have spine surgery, which you knew I had back problems. You're probably the only like coach figure in my life that yeah. I actually shared that with because I wanted a scholarship. Yeah. So it wasn't going to be like, I'm being investigated for a spinal tumor, give me money. We were talking about, I guess, like doing track in the summer. Yes. Thinking I was going to be like walking out of the hospital in three days, except it turned into three weeks. And then it turned into like many years of like it going terribly wrong constantly. Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the last conversation we had, right? It was, we were just kind of laying the groundwork to what might be a sort of re-return to sport, right? Even as a hospital stay turned into a long one, I was like, and that's just a surgery complication and I'll get better. And the sort of missing piece to the puzzle was Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. The hardest part about losing my athletic dreams was the point in my life where I didn't understand why it was happening because I didn't know what was going wrong with my health. I almost think it would have been different and less like a piece of me was being ripped out if I had the medical answers at the time. It, it felt really unsettling being so sick and in so much pain, not knowing why. I, I felt like I was just failing at recovery for the longest time. I think that was the hardest part, was feeling like I was recovering bad and no matter how much effort I put into it, um, I, I couldn't succeed at recovering. What do you miss most? Nothing, I don't know. I'm at my buddy Liam's. Uh, we are just gonna hang around, have a couple cans. I bounce a lot of things off Liam because he's a very creative guy and I trust his opinion. Welcome, my friend. Hey, oh. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? What's up? Uh, cheers. Cheers, buddy. What's going on? What's new? That's lovely. Um, no, man. Did I tell you? Uh, did a did another comedy show. First one since uh, pandemic. Oh shit! Yeah. How'd it go? It went all right. It went all right. It, um, I didn't bomb, but it wasn't the response I'd want. I think I kind of built it up more in my head. Do you think you'll stick with the approach and just like hone it in or just try something completely different? I've got two things kind of going. I've got the comedy stuff, but yeah. I'm still building this storytelling 
project of mine. I have no idea really where to start. It's like trying to find the people who would hire me to come and talk for 20 minutes. And they've never seen me do it before. Nobody has because I haven't done it before. Trying to get like a proper booking from like a university or a school or something has been has been tough. So, okay. So for the storytelling thing, it sounds like you kind of need you need a gig. Yeah. In order to get a gig, you need to market yourself. And so I think what you need to sell them on isn't the whole story. It's what people are going to get out of the story. So mm. what they're going to leave with. Yeah, maybe that's that's a good way to go is to focus on like the teachable takeaways rather than, hey, here's a story about a guy and take away whatever you want. I do feel like I don't get to say as much as I want to really with stand-up. I like making people laugh, but my end goal is to educate and tell people what I've learned over time and hopefully the next time they see a person with a cane, they don't think, oh, that's a blind person. They, They think that's a person with a whole pile of experience that led them to that point. I want people to see that. Ty, hello! Welcome to Disability After Dark. How are you today? Hi there, I'm doing great. You? I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about your hope to start your own podcast. I want to let you ask me questions and and learn from you, like, what do you want your disability podcast to be about? Yeah, there's a lot of ideas that I kind of have going through my mind and like many different things. Being able to interview, you know, your everyday person and hear what story they have to tell would be so cool because I think, you know, everyone has their own challenges, everyone has their own battles they face. I want to be able to provide that platform and just like learn about people. Would you want your show to be disability-centric or kind of about everything? I personally would probably want it to be a little bit about everything. I don't want to limit myself in terms of creating this podcast to just disability. My disability is definitely a big part of me and something that is important to share and to talk about, but there's tons of other things that make up a person. There is many other stories like within me that I also am really looking forward to kind of talking about and sharing like with my other identities, so that would be amazing. Yeah, and I think also the benefit of you being 17 is that there's not a lot of teens with disabilities in the podcast space. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there that you could gravitate to and there's definitely options for you. Mm-hmm. My advice would be to figure out like some sort of common thread and then go from there. My first couple episodes were crap, but I put it out there because we need more content even if it's not the most polished. I also have a network called Wheels on the Ground Productions that I make this show out of. Once you decide what your idea is, I'd love to have you on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you. I got some really great advice from Andrew today, and I'm so excited to just take what I got and run with it. All that matters now is figuring out what I want to do with this and then doing it. I've come to Hamilton today to attend a talk by inspirational speaker Tally Osborne. I've got this speaker slam competition coming up, and so I'm really looking forward to hearing Tally speak to kind of take mental notes uh, for how I would do a talk. Hi everyone! So as you know, I am Tally Osborne and I was born without hands. I was also born missing some bones on my legs, making me pretty short. One time I was going into a store to go shopping and I saw this mom walk by with her small little son and he saw me and he yelled, "Ew! look at that! And I'm like, 
felt kind of shitty, but I was used to it kind of, which is like horrible. So I kept walking to go shop till I drop. And then, you know that feeling when you can feel someone behind you? So I look behind me and I see that mom coming towards me with her pulling her son by the wrist. I'm like, uh oh, he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And uh, as the mom approached, she said, excuse me, my son has something he'd like to say to you. And the little boy looked up from the biggest frown I've ever seen and he said, I'm sorry. And the mom said, would you like to ask the nice lady a question? And he said, do you have no hands? And I think I was wearing a leather jacket at the time and I threw it off for the big reveal and I was like, no, I don't, see? Because everyone is born different and that's what makes the world beautiful. Isn't that awesome? And the kid was like, yeah, actually, that is awesome. And to me, that mom is a super mom. The fact she told her son, you don't make fun of people. And she brought him over to ask me the simple question of, do you have arms? That kid is gonna think twice next time he sees someone who's different. To me, beauty is confidence. If you can shine, even though you're different, this is beauty. If you can look in the mirror and smile, even though you may not feel perfect, this is beauty. Be yourself, love yourself, and don't let others get you down. Use the gifts that you've got to help others. And whenever possible, rock out like no one's looking. Thank you. Generally, I don't like the term inspirational speaker. My issue comes from when I get called inspirational just by virtue of having a physical difference. But today, seeing Tally talk, I really appreciate her outlook on the term because if she inspires somebody to do something, really is that that much of a bad thing? She gets to define herself as she sees fit and that's super rad. I think my greatest strength is also my greatest detriment in that I really want to do it all all the time and often forget to take time to take care of myself in order for that to be possible. Modeling is probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. It feels like an elite sport in that you're doing these things and you have to make it look effortless the whole time. When I'm modeling, I don't want anyone to know I'm fatigued because I'm afraid that normal fatigue that somebody else might experience could mean I don't get the job because they might think that my disability is a factor. It's hard to project something when you're at the end of your rope. My signs of fatigue are my balance getting off, my pace slowing down, and my patience diminishing. When I'm tired or burnt out or in a lot of pain, I am not the person I am right now. Every day I have to deal with chronic pain, and chronic pain is that kind of thing that hurts all the time, but you can't like scream for 400 million days in a row. So once you know the pain isn't causing damage, you just get through it. I am at the lovely Paradise Theater here in Toronto, and I am participating in the Speaker Slam. Speaker Slam is a competition for inspirational speakers, so I'm here to kind of throw a spanner in that works. Today is one of the first times I'm trying to branch out from stand-up, and I'm expanding into storytelling as well. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. You are about This morning was a bit of a rough morning. Uh, I've had vision issues over the last month, month and a half. So I went in for a big checkup today and 
got a clean bill of health, but it kind of really shook me for how, what I was going to do here today. Uh, God, this is weird. Um, ladies and gentlemen, hello. Oh my God, what is this, a TED Talk? I have spent the better part of the last week trying and trying and trying to memorize what I was going to be saying today, and it just wasn't sinking in because I've been too stressed about my, my vision health. I really hope that it goes well tonight. I could really use the mental boost, but also to kind of springboard this whole storytelling thing forward. I hope I know what I'm going to say tonight. Tonight, you are going to witness 10 speakers compete on the theme of body beautiful. They're going to go... Uh, I'm stressed. still don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, I guess we'll all find out at the same time. I'm proud to announce Dan Barberger. Hello. Um, so I was going to be talking about being a blind backpacker, which I am. And the truth is I wrote a whole lovely speech, but for the last month and a half, I've been seeing little flashes, little lightning bolts and that's what's been terrifying me and what's been blocking me from memorizing this whole speech. So, we'll start at the beginning. It's a therapy session now. <laughs> when I was seven years old, I lost the vision of my left eye. It worked out fine. I, couldn't, I, I didn't have um, depth perception, couldn't catch a baseball to save my life, but I didn't miss anything. So... I went to university, I went traveling, I did all these cool things. I didn't have this sweet stick yet. I was loving, loving life. Um, and I got married. During my marriage, I was working at a record store and the vision in my right eye just started to go red. I thought something's actually wrong here. But the problem was I had noticed a couple things in the weeks leading up there. I had started seeing some flashes and some lightning bolts. And I didn't pay attention. I didn't listen to my body then. Then it started literally bleeding in my eye at work. I now have, well, I mean, I can't see anyone here, and that's all right, I guess. Um, my marriage, though, the, the divorce rate is already extremely high. It's 50, 51%. That's for able-bodied people. If somebody gets a disability during the relationship, you can fact check this. But when I checked, when I was getting divorced, uh, it turns out that that was about 80 to 85% chance of divorce. We split. I didn't know what to do. I was depressed. And I found myself on the edge of the Lake Street Bridge in St. Catharines, Ontario, which is depressing enough, but Especially so if you're extremely depressed and think, yeah, that would do it. And that's the first time I listened to my body because it said, no, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe walk off the bridge and get help. So I did. The worst part of my life kind of turned me around to the best parts of my life. I ended up going traveling after my divorce. I became the blind backpacker. That This whole speech that was supposed to be super awesome and really life-affirming and fulfilling for you guys to hear, you'd be like, yeah, I can do it too. 
<laughs> you know? So why, why am I telling you all of this? There is a point. And that point is that listen to your body because sure, I don't remember my whole damn speech that I was supposed to talk about today, but I listened to my body that it was telling me, go to the hospital, go do the thing. That's way more important than your fluffy story about you know meeting people in Belgium or whatever. So if there's anything you take away from, from now, just listen to it, because it's way smarter than you. So that's, that's all I can tell you. Thank you. After tonight, it's definitely helped guide where I want to take storytelling. I have a message to get out there, and with more practice, I'll have better luck in the future. The first sigh of relief was out of the hospital when you got the clean bill of health, and then the second one was after the talk and knowing that you would still really just love being on stage. It was good to see. Thank you. I was fired right after I signed a new lease. There's no good time to lose a job, but this is a pretty shit time. I am questioning all of my life's decisions, but the longer I keep waltzing down this path of, of acting and working in film and television, it's become clearer and clearer that like, this is what I do. Featuring Dan Becha Berger, Caden Lawrence, Catherine Joel McKinnon, Rachel Romu, Alexa Vassos, Ty Young, Executive Producers, Karen Hansen, Ian Thompson. Series Producer, Michelle Azdorelli. Directors, Ryan Marley, Ian Thompson, Megan McAteer, Chris-Ann Hessing, Sophia Lane. Series Editor, Margaret McDougall. Composer, Walker Grimshaw. Post Sound Mixer, Taylor Brocklesby. Dialogue Editor, Christy McIntyre. Produced in association with Accessible Media. Integrated Described Video Consultants, Simone Cupid and M. Williams. Production and Development Executive, Andrew Morris. To find out more, including a full list of credits, check out breakingcharacter.tv. Produced in association with AMI.